This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. If you are a millennial, Gen Xer, baby boomer, or from any generations prior, you most certainly remember the Y2K fears that dominated the culture. With computers having only operated within the span of the 1900s, we were told that the change in date, when January 1st of 2000 was going to hit, it would wreak havoc on computing systems worldwide. This was a result of how dates were stored in computing systems, which we will tackle more in depth on this show. Although tech was not quite as big a part of our lives in the years leading up to Y2K as it is now, prior to the advent of smartphones or cryptocurrency, endless amounts of essential technology would be impacted. Questions from both experts and the public at large would arise about a stock market crash and possible global recession, along with ATM machines no longer being usable. Scammers impersonating bank workers even used the crisis to call members of the public getting pertinent banking information, claiming that they needed to be sent new ATM cards usable for the new millennium. Shows were aired and books were printed on how to stay safe as Y2K approached. A man named Avian M. Rogers published one of these books titled The Y2K Family Survival Guide. A quote from famous Star Trek actor Leonard Nimoy even donned the cover, exclaiming, The year 2000 is no longer science fiction. The new millennium could bring a legion of potential problems that might cause a short inconvenience or a major disaster. Is your family prepared? Cautious families took money out of their banks, filled their cars up with gas as Y2K approached, stocked up on food, water, generators, and even guns and ammo. This was not just simple paranoid tabloid fodder, however. Y2K fears were in the purview of governments worldwide. From February of 1997 to October of 1998, the United States Congressional Committee on Government Reform and Oversight held 17 hearings and had five press conferences detailing findings on the matter, culminating in a 115-page-long document drafted on October 26th of 1998, titled The Year 2000 Problem. The report detailed estimated costs associated with the upcoming Y2K bug from local municipalities to the federal government at large, with states like New York estimating an enormous $250 million to rectify these issues. The report even quoted estimates by the Gartner Group, a Connecticut-based technological research and consulting firm being as high as $600 billion worldwide in resolving the Y2K bug. President Clinton even created the Council on Y2K to tackle this issue during his second term in office. With millions of hours needed to rewrite billions of lines of code and hundreds of thousands of interdependent organizations. This is clearly one of the most complex 
management challenges in history. This mega event was expected to cause unprecedented issues in areas of electricity, telecommunications, water, and all aspects of basic infrastructure. Nuclear power plants could even be impacted, resulting in a possible global catastrophe. The origin of these questions and fears was the issue surrounding how computers at the time would normally date software and storage with the year only listing the last two digits. This was partially from a storage-saving feature of much earlier programs still in use by 1999, with data being so expensive at the time. Theories would come about that after the year 1999, computers would malfunction, not having the capacity of knowing which year would come next, and programs of all sorts would cease to work. A solution being discussed in the U.S. would be to change the code of these programs to read four digits, but not enough programmers existed to fix this labor-intensive process. The U.S. did indeed utilize this when possible, with much of the programming being outsourced to India. When all was said and done before Y2K hit, the U.S. government had spent an estimated $100 billion averting a crisis. On December 31st of 1999, New Year's Eve was spent much differently by most than previous celebrations. Any business that approaches the new year armed only with a bottle of champagne and a noisemaker is likely to have a very big hangover on New Year's morning. Although there was the expected huge crowd in Times Square to watch the ball drop for this once-in-a-lifetime occasion, most people were fearful of being out and about in unusual surroundings. They opted to stay safe and sound, indoors at their homes, around friends and family members. People were told to avoid being in elevators, planes, or hospitals when the millennium hit. Due to this, the public opted not to buy any plane tickets that would be in the air on that infamous night, and nearly all flights never took off due to this. As the clock struck midnight, with the public on edge more than ever before, it turned out that nothing catastrophic had happened. There were many smaller issues, however, that prevailed worldwide. Some of these in the U.S. alone were the ATF being unable to register firearms for five days, MasterCard and Visa reporting customers being charged multiple times for transactions, and some more humorous problems like a New York video store generating a nearly $100,000 late fee with computers malfunctioning to think a rental was over 100 years overdue. Worldwide, some more scary issues arose, including a nuclear power plant in Japan's radiation monitoring equipment failing in the seconds after midnight, although there were no serious consequences of this luckily. With these mostly minor issues being the results of the Y2K panic, the public was quick to call it all one big hoax, or much to do about nothing. Many of those more closely involved in the Y2K response, however, would beg to differ. In a New York Times piece about the Y2K bug put together many years later, technology forecaster and author Paul Sappho snapped back at critics, stating, You never get credit for the disasters you avert, especially if you're a programmer and nobody understands what you're doing to begin with. 
John Koskinen, who was the chairman of President Clinton's Council on Y2K, was also featured in the piece and took on groups critical of the costly government response projected to have overspent by nearly 30%. My answer to people who said, well, you wasted a lot of money, is the number of things that happened that went wrong that fortunately were around the edges demonstrated that if you didn't fix the systems, it wouldn't work automatically. Koskinen also went on to discuss the safeguards put in place for Y2K that proved to have substantial benefits in the future. When 9-11 hit on that Tuesday, financial markets were able to open the following Monday because in 1998 and 99, they had developed scripts and tests for testing all the interconnections and all the trade data between all of the major players. Koskinen went further on to say that Without that ability to test systems and make sure the markets and every transaction could open and close with all the counterparties, it would have been weeks before the financial markets would have been able to comfortably open. So, was Y2K some dumb hoax, as is often said? Not exactly. Some of the brilliant work done by those computer whizzes likely averted a few of those worst-case scenarios that people feared. The globe has since faced quite a few scares and downright disasters of all sorts since Y2K. These include 9-11, Hurricane Katrina, BP's catastrophic oil spill in 2010, Japan's 2011 Fukushima nuclear power plant disaster, and of course the recent COVID-19 pandemic. Disaster preppers are often called paranoid, but disasters in our lifetimes are inevitable and it is never a bad move to be prepared for the worst.